That's not a heart thing, is it? No, an inversion. You oh. know, we've all seen it. It's just the way the fog comes over the mountains here. Oh, right. And the first couple of mornings, like normally, and, and again, Freddie, you've been in this area. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you can see those faraway mountains pretty clearly, but it, it takes a couple hours for it to burn that off. So is it foggy just in Brampton or all over the GTA? I would imagine all over the GTA because I see it's on all your uh, news outlets this morning. V- uh, zero visibility in some areas of the GT- GTA. Zero. That in- means you can't see it all, Howard. I'm sorry. Explain that to me like I'm. <laughs> <laughs> would you, no, so just start yeah. very slowly. Go slowly now. <laughs> so zero. There's nothing vi- quite as unsettling as driving into a no. fog wall when you're. When you're driving, scary stuff. Yeah, that's one of those things in movies, you know, that, you know, it's almost like visual foreshadowing when the protagonist or whatever starts to drive and then all of a sudden fog develops. Nothing Mm -hmm. nothing great ever happens after that. (laughs) It's never like, hey, fog developed and then some uh, basket of fruit was seen on the side of the road. My my dental hygienist was telling, telling me yesterday that her kid had to go to Cleveland for some kind of a academic test. I, I couldn't quite make out whether that they went to the, uh, some Ohio near or some university near Cleveland or whatever. Anyway, the long and the short of it, the kid decided to come home last Thursday night when the when the um, back to Brampton along that corridor, you know, just south of Lake Erie, and how how frightening it was for the kids and for them because they're calling them while they're driving and they can't see the kid without knowing it get off get off an off ramp because the snow is so bad and all the signs because the 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 way the kid was driving in this and the snow is hitting all the road signs they were just white anyway the kid gets off on an off ramp and just driving and driving and driving and then the their uh, GPS tells them they're like two hours out of their way, and it was just hair raising. And I was just thinking, you know, what you say it's, you know, as a parent to be on the phone with your kid going through that, and then being afraid for your kid. There's nothing worse like fog or mm-hmm. snow like that to just, you know, it's 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 life threatening. It yeah, is. absolutely. You know, ex wife Randy was drive drove her mother's car to florida for her mother this year because she had the time and i guess one of the days uh, about a week ago when it was really really bad maybe similar time that you're talking about she she headed to montreal to see a friend she was on her way to montreal and then she was going to drive south to florida and she called me about an hour out of toronto i said how's it going and she said i'm turning around Mm. I said, good for you, because most people would just keep pushing through it. She yes. said, I can't see. It's zero visibility, which, by the way, in case you don't know me, you can't see. Yeah, so can't see, can't see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she said, it's zero visibility. This is, I'm not going to do this tonight. I'm just going to try again tomorrow. I said, you know what? You're smart. Just get, get, was it snow? It was snow and oh, sleet. sleet and, she would just, and she's a, de- a very good driver. I was going to say she's a decent driver, but that's demeaning. No, she's a good driver. And uh, But I thought, you know what, good for you, because a lot of people wouldn't do that. They would just keep trying to get through it. I mean, Dan, yeah. and, Dan and I grew up on the prairies, in case we haven't told you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, many nights, you know, coming home from a hockey game, uh-huh. uh, when I was a kid on that bus, I thought, well, this will be how we die. 
Yeah, you know, white, white out conditions because you yeah. can't see in front of you. White out conditions on two lane highways. Well, that's what my hygienist said, you know, because they're on the news. That epic snowstorm is pounding Buffalo and your kids right in the middle of it. And uh, if you saw any of the stuff from there, it was that's what it was. It was just total, total whiteout everywhere. And to be on a road and with all those tractor trailers that for some reason like to pretend there's n- there's no problem. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, do you like your dental hygienist? Uh, she's a very nice woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dan? Mm-hmm. Or do your uh, or do your teeth just clean themselves because you're so <laughs> because yeah. you're so perfect? Yeah, I don't know. I, I've I've gotten to new new hygienists and they seem all fine. That I haven't used. I haven't got a regular hygienist anymore, and they yeah. all wear masks. I don't. Know yeah, of course. Them, yeah. You know, I, I like my hygienist. Uh, there was a couple ago. This one woman, I can't remember her name, and I, it doesn't matter. She was great at her job, but just a lot of chatting. You know, I, I don't know. Like sometimes I, like I don't feel the need to be chatted to for the 45 well, especially minutes. especially when your mouth is full. Well, no, that's what I mean. It's like a little pleasant, you know, small talk. But yes. this uh, one was, it was like a, it was like a one-act play called I'm a Hygienist and here's the link. Let me tell you about my family. Well, yeah. Yesterday I found out that mine for the end of February through March is going back to the Punjab. Is that what you say? The Punjab? For her cousin's wedding and she can't wait and she's quite jealous that I'm going away during the winter and yeah. And yeah, and I, I got all that yesterday and the story about her kids. And yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's a lot going on. I uh, wanted to tell you guys something about this place. I drove yesterday to a city about an hour and 15 minutes away to the outskirts of a, of a big city, one of the fastest growing cities in Mexico called Queretaro. And it would be like the size of Vancouver, like two million people. And it was interesting because as soon as we got into the outskirts of this city, right away, we're back in traffic, like Toronto traffic. It was around midday or late morning, I should say, 11 o'clock in the morning. And it was just in, it was a weird culture, not a culture shock, but it, I, had, I had forgotten because around here, as Freddie would tell you, you know, if you get four people at a traffic light, you know, it seems like, you know, traffic is backed up at the, tra- at the uh, Comair. You know what I mean? Like you get, it's funny how quickly you forget what real traffic is like. Anyway, I forgot to, I'd written down this to tell you guys, because I'm sure Freddie's experienced it, but maybe Dan hasn't. The road between this town I'm in and that city is two lanes. But Dan, here's what they do in Mexico. So if you're going, excuse me, if you're going slow, you drive on the shoulder. (laughs) It's the, what? (laughs) Oh yeah. It's the craziest thing. So it's just accepted as the norm that faster traffic (laughs) drives in the lane and everyone else kind of staggers the shoulder lane. Not completely in the shoulder, but Freddie, I don't know if you remember this. They they drive sort of half of your cars in the shoulder. It's just how they do it. So would it be a three-lane or a four-lane by that time? Well, by the time, no. Once we got near the city, it became a regular, a more regular highway. But for oh. the most part, you know, there's just, everyone's driving on half of the shoulder. It's the most bizarre thing. Fred, you've turned your mic Fred. off. Yeah. We can't hear you. I'm sorry. I coughed and didn't, uh, anyway, didn't unmute. Um, what was your general impression of that city? Um, 
clean. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, very clean and very Mexican. modern. Walmart's and McDonald's and yeah. Like, like I said, it was like um, uh, a Mexican Winnipeg, a we- uh, Mexican Vancouver. It just high-rise buildings, traffic everywhere. You know, on the side streets, you'd still see some of that Mexican, you know, squalor. Not, <laughs> I guess, not yeah, not squalor so much. But you know, there were some streets we went through on the way to the hospital, which by the hospital was just ridiculous, like super modern. But yeah, there was a couple of streets where people were. You know, cooking empanadas on the side of the road. Yeah, you flew into Mexico City, and I think you got right in the shuttle, and it's sort of on the outskirts, and you went right north or however it, it works. But yeah, the both times I've been there, I've spent the I, I I fly in and then have spent the night in Mexico City, and I'm going to do that again in March. Um, between the airport and the nice area of Mexico City that I stay, you drive through a lot of squalor. Mm-hmm. Like people that live right on the edge of like uh, dumps, you know, garbage dumps. Yeah, it's it's something. It's an eye opener. Yeah, I uh, remember that from my early days of spending time in Mexico City. The reason they spend time in those dumps is because I don't want to get into details about the way the garbage system here works is that it's run by a lot of private companies. And what they do is they they. Not what's the word? They, they sort of um, they, they they set up food stands at the dumps. <laughs> no, they they take the, the the recycle. The garbage company gets paid by taking away all the stuff that they can recycle and sell, mm. and the stuff that that then they go to the dump and those people who live near the dump then they scavenge. That's the word I was looking for. They scavenge or harvest that garbage to sell it. That's what they do. Um, the other thing here, well, Dan Duran, some of his best neat, neatest stuff he's got out of the garbage. He's good at that too. <laughs> no, Dan would be great here. The other thing that's now this car that I had to the hospital was great. It's a modern, you know, the guy was an updated car. But I've been in a couple of taxis here in San Miguel, coming home from downtown, and they, the green ones, Freddie, they don't have seatbelts in the back. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of cute. I was like, what? No, no, there's no seatbelt back there. You'll be fine. Well, when the kidnappers come from coming from the left, you want a quick exit on the <laughs> right, right, right? Yeah, you don't want to be taking your seatbelt off. Yeah, that's Away. right. Yeah, no seatbelts. Any, anyway, so that was uh, yesterday. And um, uh, what else? So soccer yesterday, boys. I didn't get a chance to see it, although I was all the buzz around here, and I saw some things online that we played a great game. We dominated. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it was frustrating. I mean, you know, it's tough for me because I'm not, you know, I'm not a student of that game. Not much of a soccer connoisseur. Although Darren, who's right into the sport, um, immediately following the game, sent me a, you know, sort of a his impressions. And, you know, he made those points. The Canada played a great game. They really did. And uh, one of the Canadian guys, I forget his name, Davies, whatever, missed a penalty kick, like, in the first few minutes. Missed a penalty kick. Like, I'm sitting there with Madarlin, and I'm saying, you know, like, 99% of the time they score on this. This will be Canada's first ever goal at the World Cup, doll. Get ready. And then he has this feeble kick, and the guy stopped it. That goes in. The whole game is different. Because as they explained, with a team like Belgium, right, they'll strike, like, quickly, like that European soccer... You know, 
whatever they, they you know their systems whatever and that's what happened canada dominated 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 no finish and then the belgians come down and boom boom and it's in the net yeah and it ends one nothing canada- that, if that penalty kick goes in it changes the complexion, right? Because then the Belgians are chasing. But. Uh, we were ranked, I think, I think I heard it was 43rd, 43rd, yep. and Belgium is ranked second. Yes. The next two teams we play, I think it's Croatia and Morocco. <laughs> Morocco. I'm, I'm told we have a chance to beat both of those teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be nice to get a goal to sort of burst that bubble. You know, it's so interesting, it was, though. The Canadians were all over them, and, you know, our guys are younger, and they seem to be faster, and they were handling the heat better, and just all over them. And think, I think the final shot attempts were like 21-9 to 9 or something for Canada, yeah. but we didn't seem to have any finish. We worked the ball in too close or something. We're always Dan, what were we going to say? So we lost one, uh, one nothing. One right? nil. So one, one nil. Oh, one nil. Please. Sorry, Come sorry on. about that. But is there a chance we could win anything after this, or like is it? Well, no... I, I just said there's a chance we could beat these next two teams. I mean, as far as how far Canada will go in this, it's not really the point. What I was going to say is, I, I watched no soccer most of my life. I played it as a kid, like most of us in the schoolyard. But I watched it for the better part of a decade with both of my kids playing in Oakville and it's hard. I've been to a few TFC games and I've said this to my buddy Bill last night. It's hard to explain to somebody how a game can be exciting when there's no goals being scored. It just can. And that's what the big thing we used to joke about soccer. Well, you know, how boring is it? There's no goals. But then I sort of grew to appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yes, I agree. Um, and yesterday takes it into a different dimension for me when it's guys running out there it's world cup and they're wearing canadian sweaters your tolerance for watching the game sort of heightens for sure you know like it does with that as i said with women's hockey you know it's like all of a sudden it's canada against the united states and there's a gold medal on the line um it brings a whole different perspective into it and that's what i was going through yesterday because it was quite exciting um it really was. It was. It was quite exciting. Yeah, I got a lot of notes. A couple of people asked me. Uh, my buddy Steve Lavery said, "Have you found a bar to uh, watch the game in?" And I said, "No, I'm going to be doing some more hospital visits. <laughs> Fun." But I, you know, I, it was actually Brampton against uh, Belgium. Seven kids on that team from Brampton. Yeah, we talked about That's that. How 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 strong the Brampton soccer system is, and it has been for years. Mm-hmm. But it really is exciting. And, I, and I, I was going to make the same point. You put a Canadian sweater on a kid and it doesn't really matter what the sport is. You know, I've, I've, I've spent zero minutes of my life watching Olympic diving. But when it's in the, you know, when, or, or diving, but when it's in the Olympics and it's a Canadian, you're like, hang on a second. Let me see if she can do this triple thing into the, you know, yeah. flippy flippy into the water. Would you just sit down and watch, you know, Brampton against, or I won't say Brampton, uh, Toronto against Winnipeg in a bobsledding uh, competition? No, you wouldn't. But in the <laughs> in the, in the Olympics, yeah, right. it's, I was you know, all of a sudden, I was it, it, trans, it transcends the sport. Right? I was wondering what you were going to pick. I, yeah. I wasn't sure what was going to come at the end of that sentence, and bobsledding made me happy. <laughs> Yo, Win- <laughs> that Winnipeg bobsledding team this year is so good. God damn it. 
Yeah, the yeah, the event around it transcends the sport. Always. Yeah. Um when is the, I think the next game is Sunday and uh that's against Croatia. Okay. All right. All right. Um, the other day, though, they were talking about uh, on one of the sports stations. It's interesting because Italy didn't make the World Cup. Imagine that. Canada did. Uh, and Italy didn't. Yeah, that's not good. And they were talking to a bunch of people, literally from Woodbridge. And those and these are kids that were born and raised in Canada. No interest in the World Cup. Yeah, but what about Canada? No, no interest. Italy's out, not into it. Yeah, well, you think about all those summers. Sorry, that, it, how that heritage works. It is. Well, and again, I, I kind of get it because think about all those summers where the city was a blaring with honking Italian flags on cars. You know, it was. I think it's bigger to them than the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. But how do you, if you're born and raised here, how do you not? You I know. Not adopt Canada, like feel some passion. I was quite, I was taken aback because a couple of guys called in and said that, and then a stream of them did, and it was just very well, it made me a bit angry. But you know me, I can sit in my home and get angry. When he came on the uh, call today, Dan, he says, You know, I need a haircut. I said, What's going on? Well, you know, I'm the hermit of Brampton. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I just sit around my, by myself all day with my dolly. The only time I look at myself is this mo- in the <laughs> morning right. and these cameras like, oh, yeah, yeah here you go. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, we're going to get started here in a second. Uh, today, just Andoran's news. And, uh, of course, pr- I-, I don't remember the two different subjects uh, with as many people weighing in, but we're going to wade through as many of your uh, emails as we can. Uh, we may not read all of the email. No, because some of them are books. And you know how and you know how humble and Fred are with more than a paragraph. We start to lose interest. <laughs> we just look and scan. Did it mention our names? If it did, great. Okay, now let's move on. Have you ever sat down to do that though, to write an email, you know, a complaint or a position or a thought or a, an argument, and it's like you want it to be short and sweet, and it goes on and on and on and on. And you think that everybody will be interested in reading every every line of this because it's coming out of your head. Needless to say, ninety nine percent of people look at it and go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, and, and we had pointed that, that we pointed that out a long time ago. We we're like, "Hey, we're one paragraph guys. If you can do that, fantastic." But that being said, there were some very heartfelt well wishes uh for me and i really appreciate it by the way just popping back popping fucking when have i said that just going back to uh, soccer for a second because i'd written this down yesterday if you ever were curious how popular a sport that is the soccer player ronaldo uh just passed 501 million instagram followers this week to give you some perspective that's the most followed Instagram account, only second to Instagram itself. It's like, like, really? like Instagram has its own account. And Ronaldo has passed, think about 501 million Instagram followers. Is there Half anything interesting on that account? Uh, I did not expect that question. <laughs> You're not one of the followers, obviously. <laughs> I, I want to congratulate you 
on that question because I, 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 I just thought that fact would be enough. <laughs> but you have once again fooled me. I, I don't have an answer for that. I, I, I was going to go look up, then I got bored. I was going to go look up and see what, like, the Kardashians, like, what celebrity or, like, to give some perspective. But, yeah, that's a lot of people following an account. And that gives you some, you know, idea of what the worldwide appeal of Ronaldo is. Yeah, and most of that would be positive, too. Um, you know, I was, and again, I don't like bringing them up, but I, you know, Jamie's Saleh and, and, um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Theron Fleury. You, you look, and I was reading the other day, their followings are going up, but that's the train wreck aspect, right? Where people are going, wow, these people are fucking whacked. I got to follow this on a daily basis. And it keeps growing because you just want to, you want to be witness to this mm-hmm. train wreck. Which is the negative part of it. But I would imagine Ronaldo's, there's probably endorsement stuff. Oh, huge. Soccer tips. and No, but think about stuff. that. If, if you're following yeah. Ronaldo, it's because you like the guy. I mean, yeah, I'm sure yeah. some people follow him because they're not fans of his soccer. But mm-hmm. no, that's a good point. Um, that's, uh, I guess we should. Uh, all right. I was going to say what comes next. We should start the show and then we'll acknowledge some of our sponsors and then. Uh, we will uh, deal with today's, you know, hot topic. Uh, Dan, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, buddy. Yeah. All right. Are you? Can you? Well, oh, first of all, can you guys hear that? Could you hear that music? I uh, could hear it a little bit. Yeah, can you hear that? Yes. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially when you play it. <laughs> well, no, I, but I, <laughs> I did, I did play it. Mr. Zero, Mr. Zero Visibility. No, I just wanted to make sure you could hear it because the last couple of days I had I'd forgotten to turn something on. Right. All My right. checklist. Oh. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Okay. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Trendy, Toronto, our Hermit facility in Brampton, and our warm and sunny studio in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. And it's brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. And now, here are two men who have no interest in American Thanksgiving, but will watch the Turkey Bowl, the parades, and go to Black Friday sales and think about turkey recipes and put up Christmas lights, but still, no interest. It's Humble and Fred. I'm going out for a Thanksgiving celebration tonight here in uh, San Miguel with our friend Bill and Ronnie and uh, some of their friends. Are gonna, I'm literally having a full-on turkey dinner tonight. And no, Fred, I won't mention I don't like turkey. Okay? You know? Oh, that would be nice when you sit down at the table. <laughs> no. Not, not share that story. Oh, this is really nice. I, you know, I don't like this stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not going to do that. This might be a good point to jump in here because part of Thanksgiving Day is football in the United States of America. And when it comes to American football, what are we talking usually, right? Wagering, office pools, this, that, and what have you. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book at Feature Rich Poker Room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Quickly, quickly three games today. Uh, the rundown, Bills, a 9.5-point pick over the Lions. 
Dolphins. The Cowboys, a 10-point pick. Okay, over... Um, who are they playing? Anyway, the, and the Vikes, a two-and-a-half-point pick over the Pats. Uh isn't that awful? Yeah. I mean, I scribbled that down, and I... And I, <laughs> and <laughs> is, I love the fact that if this was 1997 and you were doing your sportscast, who are they playing again? <laughs> I just, I, I'm scribbling this stuff down, and I just feel really inadequate at this point. Oh, the Giants, of course. Big NFC East matchup, yes. Uh, I'm sorry, is that it? Did you, is that the end of it? That's it, Howard, yes. All right. Lots of fun today. <laughs> You know, if you're not working, a lot of guys take today off, even Canadian, right? Like, book one of their sick days or something and watch this. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a big day in the football calendar. When do uh, our uh, Buffalo Bills play? And secondly, are they going to be, be uh, playing in Buffalo on Sunday? No, they play today. Did oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, Buffalo okay. at Detroit. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, that's convenient. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention, except for the fact that you couldn't remember who you were going to. Uh, this program is also brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. If you've thought about it, now's the time to do it because with GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free. With GoDaddy today, no credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. <sighs> um, Dan, are you still there? I haven't got my... Uh... Oh, there you are. Yeah, I'm here. You guys, uh, we all use Gmail. I'm pretty sure you do because I correspond with Freddie and Freddie's got a Gmail account. Dan, do you have... Yours is a Dan Duran, a Dan Duran something, isn't it? Yeah. So, no, I don't use Gmail because I don't want to, you know, I don't want the G, the Googles uh, searching every email and, and knowing everything about me. I'm sorry, say that again. What? You, you don't use Google Gmail? Be- everything. Oh, so you, no. you feel that Google cares about your correspondence so much well, that your... It creeps me out when I, you know, I write something or, you know, I search for something and all of a sudden there's all these ads popping up related to what I just searched for or whatever. That happens on Gmail? Yeah, they scan. They search your Gmail for sure. Um, I don't to, know to that profile they, you. They can so. see your pri- they can see your private emails. Well, I don't think they aggregate it. I think they they review your emails to see mm. you know like uh, old guy pops up or something. Yeah. Well, like, so they know all about my prostate and other things like that. Yeah. Well, that's never been my uh, worry. Medical correspondence, a hour. That's right. Dan, <laughs> it's, I, I, it's free. Why do how do how would it be free if they didn't get something? Uh, right? Okay, but, and, uh, honestly, of all the things you can worry about in this lifetime, you be, you know you being pushed ads for, I don't know. What you would need, but uh, I don't really worry about it. So this won't really, I, I was going to say they've changed the look of Gmail. Fred, have you noticed it? I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, no. Do you, is that an option? I've, I went and looked last okay. week. I, I, I didn't, it, it isn't an option. It was when they introduced it a couple months ago and now it's a permanent, I'll have to talk to Boone about this because he's a big Gmail guy. I haven't noticed, no. Anyway, maybe people listening have, but if you have, I'm, because there was an option a, a while ago to go back to the classic or whatever right. the, that version was, and I did. Mm-hmm. And then when I got here, I noticed that option had gone, and now mm-hmm. it's this now this current look, and maybe you haven't had to change it yet, but I did here. You know, people, Dan's concern there, like, I remember when I was on Facebook, and you would 
you know, whatever, you'd be searching something or whatever, and then all of a sudden the ads would pop up based on what you were looking for and mm-hmm. however that works. Um, or when you would Google something and then it would show up on your Facebook, whatever, whatever. How, how does that work? But I used to find that quite convenient. <laughs> <laughs> You like it? This is pretty cool, man. I was just looking for a drill, and now I'm getting all these drill ads. Now I get to look and choose. This is fantastic. Yeah. And other people are aggravated by that. But I don't know, Dan. I know you're probably right. It doesn't, again, of all the things that I will be concerned about for hopefully the next 20 to 25 years, you know, Google... I don't know. I was. I wanted to buy this particular gift for one of my kids for Hanukkah miss, and I had searched it a couple times, and of course, all of a sudden, now I see some ads for that. Mm-hmm. But you know, how is that? You know, you. I was going to say, how is that any different than you know seeing commercials on TV? I know it's different because you're you can opt. You don't have to watch them, and they're not targeting yeah. them to you, except. Demographically and psychographically, they are. If you're watching a particular show, like if Fred's watching the NFL on Sunday, those commercials are all, you know, curated for him. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a we're on the way to like whatever they did in Minority Report when you're walking by a billboard. Right. I think that's already happening now where you're walking by a billboard and then it'll change to an ad or something that has something to do, uh, you know, for you. So it's very specific. And again, as Fred said, what's really what is wrong with that? Really? Yeah, it's a little big brothery to me. But, know, but Dan, everything yeah. about but me. Dan, I just said if you're if you're going to a particular movie, if you're going to a movie that's a let's say has adult themes in it, and I'm not talking about porn, the commercials before that movie might be curated for the the psychographic and demographic of that film of that entertainment experience. It's really not much different if you think about it. Yeah, I just uh, don't like the hyper surveillance of it. It just so what, bugs me. What do I can't remember? What do you use for emails? Is it like uh, something it's my by own the server? It's my own server. No, don't but is it mean, something? Don't. Is it something the Amish make or what is it? <laughs> Technology is out there not to have Gmail. You pay for it, but yeah, you can. Um, All right. Uh, you know, I often think, right, when people are freaked out, because Delise is too about these ads that show up after you've searched something. It's just, you know, the people at Google, hey, let's see what Dan Duran's up today. Okay. There's 400 million other people on this platform, but let's see what this gentleman's up to today. That's right. It's so blind, that stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's all algorithms, right? Like yeah. it's it, it's blind. It's not like they're looking at you. What they're doing is giving you something based on the activity within your. So I, I don't find it. I've never been able to accept it as some you know pri, um, privacy invasion or something. Well, they could, and they use it now in law enforcement. If you're if you uh, they're searching for, they can go through all your stuff and find out where you've been and log, you know, where. Yeah, you, again, Dan, that's your and Dan. You find bad guys. Well, no, but and Dan, you're right, and not. I was going to say theoretically, you're not wrong. It's just mm-hmm. of, of all right. the things. First of all, okay, I don't know what you're hiding there that you're worried about <laughs> law enforcement, but I don't think. I, I mean, sincerely, I don't really believe that you're on the radar of this. You're starting to sound a little bit like Phil. You're not on the radar of some secret police yeah. or people aren't keeping track of you. And as Freddie said, it's all algorithm based. And and listen, I was searching for this item for one of my kids and, and items like that have now popped up a few times. 
and I'm not, I don't, I don't care about that because as I said, of all the things that can affect somebody's life, that doesn't really, I know that data mining is a, a thing, but we're, this is the life, this is the time we live in, you know? Yeah, you know, the other day I was on Amazon and I, I'm looking for a wooden baseball bat. Now, Johnny Slapshot will never listen to this show, so he won't know for his birthday. He wants a wooden. <laughs> yeah, he like, wants a wooden let's hope he doesn't. <laughs> He's on a, he wants a wooden baseball bat. So I'm on Amazon searching that and I really didn't see what I want. But the next time I went back, there was this. There was a whole list of things I hadn't seen, and I ended up choosing one of those that I hadn't seen through my search. It was one they sort of provided, if you're following what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that was a convenience. And, and I so, go back to, like, television. You know, if you were watching, let's say, a 90s show like Seinfeld, you were given different advertising than if you were watching Quincy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, but I would argue that's different. That's it's not different. No, it's because then you're... It's different because I'm an individual and they're targeting me individually as opposed to the most likely, you know, like uh, uh, what you're talking about is targeting an audience demo, right? A demographic of certain, which is still being done, but they're taking all this individual information and aggregating it and looking for those people. Yeah. But they're targeting me specifically. So when you, and when you go to a movie or watch the TV show, you're going to them. What Dan's talking about, they're sort of coming to you. Yeah, I know that, Dan, but it really, I, and I, I would My argue. Name's Fred. No, I, I know you're, what's wrong you? <laughs> Okay, I was going back to Dan That's for Fred. a second. But I, I you're just, going back to Dan. Yeah, I disagree with what you yeah. said. It, it's, it, I, they are targeting you in much the same way. And yes, you've chosen to go and watch that show, but they know by the type of people that would watch that show, these are the advertisements we'll present. It, to me, it's not much different. They know, they, we, think about it, guys. We've all spent our lives trying to figure out who's listening to the radio stations we worked at and what kind of ads they want to hear or would be right. uh, appropriate for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Anyway, just uh, we're on the like uh, with the autocracy uh, on the way down in the United States and, you know, the surveillance technology that's available right now. And the longer term, things could go pretty badly. All right. With, well, and, again, Dan, let's put it that, you know, you can be quite quirky. Um, <laughs> but in this what's, situation, what's one's please, Dan? listen, but Dan, this is you're not alone. This is a widespread belief that you have. I'm, I hear about it all the time. As I say, Delise worries about stuff like yeah. that. It's just I, I just have never given it much thought other than oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I, I know what I know. A lot of people believe what you believe, and that's fine. Um, you know, I'm not worried about the police going through my history, and you know, I think you know maybe you're out there searching double-headed donkey dildos. I don't know what you're doing, but it's you know I don't think care, people would really care about it so much. You think that's out there? Well, Dan, I'll well, tell you what, what. If we say it out loud, next thing you know, we're going to start getting ads for it. But you, you know what? You won't. All right. We've got to move on because we've got a lot of stuff to get through. Uh, don't go away. Uh, I'll just give you a quick update, everyone. I'm coming home on Sunday. That's uh, a drag. Everyone, I'm, we're going to get to the emails, and everyone sort of, I think, at this point is up to date that I had another attack of arrhythmia and some uh, pretty serious tachycardia, ventricle tachycardia is what I have, and 
I, I mentioned earlier in the show, I went to this hospital yesterday. The tests I did yesterday all were great. Um, a lot of people my age or our age would know what a stress test is. I did that, passed it with flying colors. Like I really was, and they got that incline and I was running pretty hard and you know, I felt pretty good, uh, actually. I felt like I'm in decent shape. That was good. The echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound for your heart, that seemed fine. But prior to that, for a couple days, I wore a monitor, and the uh, cardiologist sat down, and one of the first things he said was, you're going to need some more surgery. And uh, and me corazón sank. I- I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you should probably think about going home. And uh, yeah, it was a lot to take in. Basically, what's happened, even though I'm no longer symptomatic and I feel pretty good, you know, I feel a little bit weird because of this medication I'm on, but I think that's natural. But I feel pretty good. But I'm, as I said to you on the phone last night, partner, I, I'm at the end of my ability to process this stuff in another language. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. that that's been a huge barrier, but it's added to the stress of it all. I mean, I went to this really modern hospital yesterday. And from the moment I went in reception and then they admitted me and I'm signing forms and I'm talking to technicians and the different people did the ultrasound and another person did the, the stress test or a prep with me. Mm-hmm. It's all happening in Spanish. And, you know, as I said, I, I speak enough Spanish to order us lunch and be polite and kibitz with the, you know, the caddies and such. And I, I know enough little goofy phrases and I can get by, but I, I'm, I'm not. And anywhere near the the point where I can absorb what's being said, and even though the cardiologist speaks English, so uh, that monitor I had on showed that I'm still having a lot of these uh, pretty serious episodes. So I'm going to be on a plane, hopefully uh, Sunday. I'll be back in the uh, studios on Monday. I'm seeing my doctor next Friday. But as I said to this cardiologist, I called him on the phone. I said, just so you know. You know, you, you think I need this uh, surgery, but I ain't going to have it in Canada right away unless, you know, something catastrophic happened. I don't think. Maybe the, my doctor will see me on Friday and go, yeah, yeah, we should get you into this right away. I, I mean, I would hope so. Yeah, maybe if it's heart, that's you go to the top of the list or, you know, near the top of whatever lists. But I imagine even those lists are pretty lengthy of people that this, you know, this seems to be quite urgent. Let's get it done. And I'll tell you, the hospitals are jam-packed here right now. By the way, when's it, what year was it, You the first episode? Three years ago, so it was actually 2019? No, sir, it was 2020. It'll be three years this February, coming in two months. So it's just under three years ago. But you hadn't been vaccinated when you had it the first time. No, but I'd also not had COVID. And, and that's come up a couple times. Sure, and why not? Uh, my brother Stephen and I were talking last night, and he's the uh, COVID expert, Edmonton Steve. And uh, he called me just before I went to sleep, and he said, you know, have you done any research about, you know, how how COVID affects arrhythmia and tachycardia? I said, you know, and as a matter of fact, I did. Oh, okay. And here's what he said, and it's true. You just, a lot of people don't know. He had a couple of weird reactions after he recovered from COVID. I've heard that from some people. And I'm not talking about long COVID, but that COVID in your body had triggered something. And there is some stuff on the Internet, some research that says that, you know, that COVID can trigger some arrhythmia. And maybe that is because I've had zero symptoms in three years until, you know, now almost a, a week, well, 
it would be a week ago tomorrow that I really started feeling it, but a week ago today, and this, this, you know, I was starting to feel a little bit weird. And that's the odd thing is I feel pretty good right now. And I would really like to stay here because I love it here. And I was on my way to Cancun uh, to go to Playa to visit my brother. So I was, I was going to be in Mexico for another two weeks. So yeah, it's a drag, but you know, I've kind of, you know, I'm pretty grateful that I had all this attention and that I had, you know, great help. You made a good point to me yesterday because I was telling you, I don't, I really don't want to be on medication, but you pointed out that, you know, it's a good thing you have medication. I'm like, yeah, that's a, a good way to think about it. You know, I'm, whatever condition I have, it seems to be under control. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for the time I had here. I loved it here. I, I heard you talk about it. Hertz, he's been here for nine years and it's a great place. And I'd love to come back, but uh, I'm sure you will. Maybe next year. Maybe. Uh, anyhow, so that's the situation, everybody. And uh, again, thanks for your well wishes. And even though that's now the current condition, we're going to read you a lot of emails. Again, not the whole parts of them, but we're going to mention a lot of names of very, very lovely, lovely people that have reached out to us and uh, have been wishing me well. And, you know, again, I, I uh, you know, it doesn't seem like, I mean, a this doctor was quite adamant that I leave. And I said, well, what could we do the operation here? And he said, well, we could. But the problem is that hospital is a long way from here. And I'd be by myself. And I just didn't want to go through all the... Because getting ready for that surgery, again, would all be in Spanish. And I just didn't want to do that here. No, I get it. I get it. I, uh, you know, it's deeply disappointing that you have to leave, but it's your health. It's your heart. You know, you need, you need to feel comfortable and confident. Like even if you're here and they don't do that procedure right away, at least you're home, um, for what that's worth. And I just think it's worth a lot. You know, you don't know. Ultimately you could have the procedure there and it might be the, the best course of action you could take, but you don't know that and what you don't know you don't screw with with your health you just you don't so yeah i i you know i i thought about that because it took it was like an hour half an hour and a half ride home and uh the driver i had uh got through bill and ronnie a great guy jose luis all the way there we talked and i was you know learning me learning me he was learning he was learning me some more hablo espanol like i was asking him how you know how do you say this what's the spanish word for that and i was pretty quiet on the way home and he asked me if i was okay and i said no i'm not really you know i was trying to process it and all the because all the forms are in spanish the documentation the tests and I just thought about that on the way. I thought, well, if I did have the surgery here, not only would I be alone, I'd be alone surrounded by nothing but Spanish speakers. And they're great. And they're so sweet to me because I think they feel sort of sorry that I'm having this stuff done in a language I don't understand. You know, and I thought, because I've had the surgery. I know how many people need to talk to you and prep you for this thing. And it's a lot. It's a lot. What I, I forget. How invasive is that surgery? What do they do? You know, it's it's not open heart surgery. It's like a lot of uh, heart surgeries where they go in through that groin vein. You know, they right. go in through and they they this tiny wire goes all the way up to your heart. They find the spot because what's happening is one of the the pacemaker muscles is misfiring. I ultimately will. I could probably end up with a pacemaker like the Sherpa. 
But what they did with it, what they do with an ablation, ablation is they go in and they, they heart, they map your heart to find out where it's misfiring. And if they can find it, cause they not, not always can, they then sort of burn it. They, they shot, they ablate it. They, they burn it away and then it stops doing that. Now, when I had it done in Phoenix, you know, it was pretty successful, but I just thought on the way home yesterday, the number of people that I had to go through prior to the surgery, during the surgery, after the surgery. And as I said to you in my call, I, I've reached my limit of that. So not only do I have the stress of something's wrong with me, I, I've reached my limit of the stress of no one can really explain it to me and what they're doing. And yesterday was a perfect example. I, I ended up interacting with six or seven people between the people I paid and the people that prepped me. You know, even calling the guy to come and get me. I mean, you know, he speaks a little bit of English, but, you know, it's just as I told, I've reached my limit of it. So I'm going to come home and uh, and as you said, uh, at least I'll be around. I'll understand what's being said to me for the most part. Anyway, yeah, and stuff like that. There's just nothing like being at home. You know, your family doctor, <laughs> the doctor that did the procedure here in Ontario. It's uh just the psychological aspect of it, Howard, yeah. is better. Is that that is um, therapeutic? It is. Yeah, and and you know, I was hoping when I sat down in his office yesterday after those tests, and and he was in the room when I was doing the stress test, and I kept asking, "Is that okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's pretty good." And I thought, well, then when he sits down, he'll just say, "All right, Mister Glassman, off you go. See, you know, go home and have a nice time. Go golfing." Anyway, so uh, that's it. Let's uh, do a little business, Freddie, before we get to our emails. And, uh, and once again, I'm, I, I'll thank everyone at the end because it's been pretty overwhelming, the number of people that have reached out. But uh, I feel good about this decision. And uh, as you say, I, just the, the peace of mind of being home and being able to understand. Um, and the whole time you've been there, you've had the guidance and the security and the comfort of knowing that the very least it's not going to cost you any money because humbleandfredradio.com the official name of this corporation is covered by the chambers plan the chambers of commerce group insurance plan canada's number one group benefits plan for small business and we talk about prescriptions and we talk about dental plans we talk about therapies that are available we talk about an hr component they have now even a mental health one it really is progressive it's uh very affordable for small businesses. All these little companies get together, have the image of a big country, so it keeps premiums down. They've done a great job of doing that. But again, we've been focusing, you know, over the past week or so on the travel aspect, and this is a great indication. Well, you're away, something goes wrong, it could cost you tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds. But when you have the security of something like the Chambers of Commerce Group insurance plan, it helps you get through it that much easier. And again, a great a great example of that is Howard. So mm-hmm. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Yeah, I can't tell you how. Even yesterday, I sent an email to the people that work with the Chamber Plan. And I got a response, Freddie. I don't know. Within 10 or 15 minutes, I looked at my, my phone. And I'm like, oh, there it is. And I just had a couple of questions about, you know, what are my ste- what steps should I take now? And they're very responsive. And I, I, I know this is uh, we've said this so many times, even since Phoenix. But if you ever needed a reason to employ the chamber plan, this is another great example. Uh, you talked a lot about 
Thursday football in the States. Did you know that Kelsey's has been winging it since 1978? Try their legendary chicken wings half price today. Every Thursday, sauced and styled how you like them. And why not wash them down with a $6 Coors Light 16-ounce draft? That's a tall, tall boy. What are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's this wing night and celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. Offer valid with the purchase of a beverage. Must be legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. And please visit Kelsey's.ca for all the details. And you're going to... You know, you're going to see once again in these emails how many of our humble and Fred Hundy P's, excuse me, have taken up the call and have visited uh, Kelsey's. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Yeah, thank you very much for that. I mean, we've said it would really help us if we could go to Kelsey's, take some pictures, and send them along. And, uh, man, the response has been pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. I'll tell you, I know it's been a long time since I've seen... You know, that kind of outpouring of Humble and Fred support. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, So we're going to get through as many of these as we can. Mostly, I just like to mention, you know, all the people that reached out. So why don't you start? Well, this one is from Jeremy Scott, a regular. He says, well, now, my first thought uh, the other night when we were corresponding about the Argos victory on Twitter, I had no idea that your ticker had been giving you trouble. I was worried at that point about the Fred man. Don't know why, but that was my original train of thought uh, when you had said that there was no show Monday with details to follow. (laughs) That's right. I guess he thought maybe that Argo game got me. So very glad uh, you got the care you needed. And are on the mend. And that's from Jeremy Scott. Yeah, I had been, I went on Twitter right after and uh, Bob was, uh, Bingo Bob was saying something and I was sort of like excited about the game and I think I tweeted something and I thought that was interesting that, that people were worried about your ticker because it was so goddamn exciting. Speaking of Bingo Bob, did you see that uh, he was named uh, Media Market uh, Program Director of the Year? Yes, Canada? I did see that. Yeah. Good for him. Mm-hmm. You know, very proud of that guy. You know, starts off as an intern on our show and now is a big deal program director and probably a really good one, too. Well, I, I sent him a note and uh, he said he'd call me back and he never did. See, he has no time. Well, he's no time for us now. Running empires. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine 25 years ago if you sent him a note, how he would he dare not call you back? I doubt it. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, this is a short one. Be at my door, Howard. <laughs> uh, this uh, basically just Pat Dean sent a thing. I didn't. I just. I didn't include the picture because it doesn't always work on Microsoft Word. But Pat Dean just said this came up in my memories on Facebook. Ten years. Holy shit! And it's a picture of you and me, fat, humble, fat Fred. Uh, from the first anniversary show, not the one we did at uh, the Horseshoe for at Sirius, the 25th anniversary. This was the first anniversary show of our podcast, and we look doughy. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Hi, guys. No, you know, no, that was Gretzky's was the um, Gretzky's was our little Christmassy show we right. did. This was the one, uh, the f- first year anniversary in that big studio next to our oh, office. Right. Yes, yes. And I got to tell you, I, I should send you the picture. Basically, you and, you and I look chubby. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
And uh, at the time, you don't know, you don't really appreciate it, right? Oh yeah, buddy, we were way it's tons fatter. Of fun rolling down the road. <laughs> we we were chubberific or whatever. Uh, go ahead. The next one is one of two sent us by the lovely uh, Baldwin sisters. Okay, here we go. Uh, goodness, we're so sorry to hear the news about Howard's recent hospitalization episode. We're glad to hear that you're doing much better, Howard. Well, and hoping your tests today all went well. Well. (laughs) (laughs) What a scare that must have been for your girls, especially when you were so far away. Your daughter's comments were very insightful about immigrants having difficulties in another country. Having facilitated some English as a second language classes for our church, I can emphasize with your plight and appreciate her comments. I, I think that word you missed was empathize. What did I say? Emphasize. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. empathize. Right. I said emphasize. Okay. Doesn't matter. Simple things as uh, making doctor appointments, etc., and uh, can complicate things without knowing the language. Uh, so thank you very much, Darlene and Julia, the Baldwin uh, sisters. Yeah, that came up a couple times. People were impressed. I talked to Spencer last night, and I said, yeah. Uh, that came up. A few people were... I uh, thought that was an interesting perspective, as did I. This uh, subject line, beta blockers, which is what I'm on right now, uh, from Rod... I know we always screw up his name. Rod Fitchett. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. Hey, Humble. Glad you're doing okay after the ticker scare. You said you're reluctant to be on meds for the rest of your life. And then he goes on to talk about how they gave their dog beta blockers. <laughs> and, uh, and the dog seems to be doing fine, which not only did I think was funny, but I think that's great that as long as he says, uh, so far she is happy and healthy with a shiny coat and a waggy tail. And uh, I think Rod was trying to be funny, which I laugh. Uh, Mind you, she does seem to have a chronic case of bad bum poops. Loving you, Rod Fashed. Loving you too, Rod. Hi, guys. Oily stools, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I should never have told you that. But, But look at the medication aspect of that. You know, people often talk about the side effects, but, you know, you got to put it on a scale. If you don't address some of these issues with medication, I mean, you can do severe damage to the muscle. Is that not worse sometimes than maybe the slight potential of side effects from a medication? Yeah. I mean, these are all the things you have to think about. No, and you're right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I shouldn't have shared that one of the side effects I'm having is a bit of an oily uh, discharge. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one other point I will make, too. Some people that, you know, go on a campaign to fix themselves naturally, which is great and noble and everything. But you know how many people have died in that process? Because you know what? They just needed the, the meds. Yeah, this next one comes from Mike Davis, whose uh, subject line, I love the show. Hi, guys. Uh, Humble, first off, all the best to you and hope your ticker is now stabilized. I love when you guys talk politics and in particular the Trump drama. Just wanted to make sure you know this. As you often mention, your listeners who don't like it, and I figure there are likely lots of more of us who find it fascinating. Keep up the good work. Mike Davies, uh, Cambridge, Ontario. Uh, Thank you, Mike. Uh, This next one is from our correspondent, Jennifer Kelly, who did not send... A voice note this week, although we do have one sent to us from our buddy Sal Nasitra. She was excited to hear Jeremy Taggart 
wholeheartedly agree with Humble. He is salt of the earth, Jeremy. Awesome and the funniest guy. I literally laugh out loud when I listen to Taggart and Torrance, and, and I hear Jeremy laugh. Jeremy's got a great laugh. Um, uh, she goes on, I'm so glad you're getting good care. What is scary and amazing. You have friends down there to support you and help you, and it sounds to me like it could have been uh, uh, because of the golf and the elevation and <laughs> she says, maybe it was triggered by getting all worked up about all the anti-Semitic horribleness. Maybe that was too much for your ticker. Just relax and take care. Thanks so much, Jen. Thank you so much, Jen. Hi, guys. Uh, the Hi next guys. one, Freddie from Hi Eric guys. Voice. Hi guys. Yeah, I was going to say Voise. Voise. But, um, he, but he's, a, he's an American in New York State, so it's Voice. Uh, hi, guys. I'm a longtime fan of the show going back to Edge 102. In those days, I listened every morning from a little pedunk town located about halfway between Niagara Falls and Rochester, New York, called Albion. From there, I was able to pick up over-the-air Toronto radio and television stations, and I listened to your show during the first half of my miserable 45-minute commute, uh, in good weather that was, until I lost the Edge signal somewhere uh, outside of Rochester. Uh, at that point, I put on Howard Stern. Um, I learned about all sorts of uh, alternative bands, uh, listening to CFNY as he goes on. He says, Tuesday show really resonated me uh, with me. I also suffered from SVTs for years, and a few of which landed me in the hospital. After having all the same tests you mentioned on the show, uh, lengthy halter monitoring and also taking beta blockers for a time, I finally had ablation surgery in uh, 2019. Uh, coincidentally, in Phoenix. How about that? Yeah. Where I live since 2004. I have an excellent cardiologist here who I see every six months, and my surgeon was equally fantastic. I can relate completely to what you've experienced. Uh, humble. It can be pretty terrifying. I still have my arrhythmia. But the ablation has kept me out of SVT territory so far. And SVT is the uh, ventricle tachycardia, severe ventricle tachycardia. Hoping you guys get this figured out. Uh, this is Eric in uh, Arizona. Nice. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. Uh, from Colin Duff. You know, we go from Arizona to Kyoto, Kyoto, Japan. And before I read it, I just wanted to say, and I, I sort of put those back to back to back, because what I've always found interesting about the podcast years as the, when they do the documentary of the Humble and Fred show, what I've always found interesting is because of the format of podcasting, how we're able to interact with people, no matter where they are in the world, I, I mean... It's sort of because for two guys that spent most all of their careers for up until 11 years ago being in one market, you know, we always wanted to be syndicated. And yeah, the Sirius XM thing was great because at least for me, it made me uh, it satisfied that part of my ego that wanted to have people outside of Toronto sample our show. But this podcast thing, like, you know, I just think it's so unique that we... I don't just. I can't see your face enough to know if you're uh, if you th- if you agree or. Oh, absolutely. I just think it's like a a thing that most people who are doing radio shows don't ex- don't get. To, I mean, they get to experience it in a market, but they don't get. To, they don't. They're not getting a. Well, anyway, you know what I'm saying. 
I'll tell you uh, quickly a, a story while I think about it. Um, back in 2011, when we started doing the podcast, we used to dream of someday, you know, up the podcast being ready of ava- readily available in a car, not have to, you know, do this and do that and do this. This Tesla that I'm test driving for. Um, EVNet. EVNet. Yesterday. So as soon as you hook your phone up to it, right? Your phone becomes part of the big screen automatically, like not even like my truck does. And yesterday, I'm just horsing around with it. As soon as I'm hooked up, I'm on TuneIn Radio. I can hit this thing for Humble and Fred Radio just as easily as anything, any radio station, any other service. The Humble and Fred Show is at hand just as easily as anything else. Mm-hmm. Now, back in 2011, if we could have even have dreamt of that, happening one day we would have thought this is the greatest thing ever but it was just wild yesterday it's on there and i thought i'm just going to try this the little search button i just put h-u-m-b and up comes humble and fred and again our little logos there, big on the screen there's the latest show it's just remarkable so now anybody driving in their car with the latest technology can just drive along and listen to the show as easily as anything else on the dial. I'm 100%. 100%. It's, I mean, you know, it's funny because it isn't even like that Tesla technology mm-hmm. is crazy. But I remember you and I had many discussions on the podcast. If you go back the first couple of hundred shows and I had read this probably from, you know, the left sets letter, a guy I used to follow. And what he said was one day when you can stream in your car that'll be the end of radio and nothing will ever be the same again now it's not going to be the end of radio but what you just described is like when you can we went from you know four or five or six or seven channels to thousands of channels it's hard to compete if you're getting in your automobile and you want to listen in kyoto japan to the humble and fred show you can and, and again, when, when I see how many people email us from different parts of the world, it's just sort of, uh, it's a bit, it's, I find it interesting. Anyway. Uh, you know, a lot of geo-blocking goes on So when it comes to radio stations. So, you know, outside of Canada, our show may be more accessible than a lot of Toronto or Canadian radio stations. Yeah, that's a good it's point. It's just very interesting. And again, I, the feeling I got yesterday, so simple to see our logo. You know, there's the Q107 logo and there's the Boom 97 logo. And then I just hit Humble and Fred and ours is there just like everyone else. Yeah. And no harder to find. And now, the, I was just going to finish by saying, and now... Everyone is so comfortable with the idea of a podcast. Because remember, we had that hurdle to get through. It's no longer. You know, there's most people of most age groups Mm -hmm. are comfortable with the idea. You know, I had, and I'm going to talk about it next week, but I had a dinner with Bill and Ronnie and a friend of theirs, just an amazing, amazing woman who is 79 years old. She's appeared on, (laughs) she was telling me about some podcasts she's appeared on. That's not a conversation we would have had 10 years ago. Uh, All right. We got a lot to get through, so let's uh, move through it. It's going to be a long show, kids. So the the Colin, who emails us all the time, says, Hi, guys. Grateful that you're on the mend, humble, and that the Chamber's plan had made. uh, That's so seamless. About last week's exhortation about being ever vigilant about the rise of anti-Semitism cannot be reiterated enough in the era that has normalized the otherness and the dehumanization of the Jewish people since the despicable Charlottesville chants 
And uh, for you people who don't remember, those guys were with the tiki torches yelling, Jews will not replace us. And the violence, he goes on to say, and hate crimes is on the rise against synagogues and other safe havens. As part of the majority white sector without the historic target on our backs, he says, I say thanks. Uh, thanks again. He goes on to talk about working at a summer camp. He also mentions Seth Godin, who I had referenced recently. And uh, thank him. I really appreciate it. He says, hate is so much. E-. This is a great line. He finishes by saying, hate is so much easier and gets so many more clicks and attention than love. I think of the story of your daughters having coins thrown at her and wondering why it couldn't have been compliments and a gift. Tell me that's not a great email from Kyoto and Hi Colin. Guys. Thank you, my friend. Hi guys. Uh, next uh, up. Two, yes, go ahead. Two quickies, Howard. Two quickies, okay? Yes, two quickies. Jeff Thank Newman you. says, Howard, glad you're doing well. Yes. Okay? And then Tony Clement. I hope you're feeling better, Howard. Yes. And uh, why don't you continue with the next one from uh, Gwen Spencer and see if you can kind of sum it up somehow. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Hi, guys. Well, I felt bad when Howard said he felt badly that he didn't have any reaction or sympathy to his feelings about Chappelle's monologue. I found it funny, and I felt like Chappelle was in a backhanded way pointing out the ignorance of anti-Semitic rants from Kanye. Then I listened to Howard and rewatched it through a different lens. I think it was edgy and did have an undercurrent that was offensive. I was then working at uh, Jeff Dunham's show this weekend. I was working at a Jeff Dunham show this weekend, and he had to spend about a half hour defending his show. The anti-racist board in St. Catharines had wanted it canceled. Okay. Uh, I tell you why. Let me pop in and tell you why. Because he has a character that's that's sort of Middle Eastern. That's one of his. Okay. I've always. Yeah, he does that little. I can't remember what his name is. His point was 98% of people love it. Do you cater to the 2% that are offended? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's right either. So probably uh, too long an email. A bit. Uh, short, asp- uh, short attention span, guys. But here's one thing. Uh, this stuff isn't easy, and thanks for making me spend some time thinking about it, Howard. Just want to let you know you were heard. Thank you very much. Bye, That's uh, very sweet Bye, of you. Guys. Uh, heart issue is the subject. John Latimer. Hey, Howard, listening to today's show as I write this. So sorry to hear you're having heart issues. Good luck with the test uh, today. Uh, by the way, you may need to try a few different beta blockers, he says, until you find the right one. Uh, he had a stent put in. And that's more, you know, it's funny. I know a lot of guys. You know, what I have doesn't seem to be as common as the guys that have like pump issues. And you know what I mean by that? Like that stress test I took yesterday is, is measuring how your heart pumps blood through your body under stress. And I don't know if it would be easy. I know three or four guys that have had that operation where they put something in, it opens up the vascular channel, <clears throat> excuse me, and then they're fine. <clears throat> I don't know if it would be, would it have been easier if that was my issue? Excuse me, I, I don't know. And you know the complexities of it? Um, Something I went through. I was I had a stress test a month or so ago, and while I'm on the treadmill, the the nurse looks at me. She says, "Sir, you're 66." And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "Oh, you're not you're not acting like a 66 year old on that thing because I was doing well." So then I go in to see the doctor, and he said, "You know, there's another test we can send you for." And I said, "Why? Well, I just did great." She just told me, "Look at I just did great in the stress test," and he said, "No, you can't be fooled by that stuff because you never really know what's going on in there." So, I mean, there's another 
tests you can have where they actually put some liquid in you and then, then it shows all the arteries going right to the heart. And right. I might do it as a no, proactive thing. No, I, I, I may do it as a proactive thing. So never take anything for granted. Well, and, you know, another good point, because my stress test showed exactly what you just said. Yeah. Like I was f- almost full on running at the end of it. And I sustained that. And they kept saying, are you okay? I said, no, I'm fine. I was a little out of breath because I had a fucking mask on. That's another thing. Uh, I, I have had that test before, but not since COVID. Anyway, uh, you know, we are going to maybe run out of time here. I don't know. Carl Barrett. This is the next one. is. Uh, did I mention who that was from? That was John Latimer. Next is Carl Barrett. Mm-hmm. There's a couple in a row. Why don't you just uh, acknowledge those people and... Uh, yeah, Carl says, uh, 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 very sorry to hear about your episode, Howard. I'm sure you'll be right as rain uh, very soon. So yeah. look after yourself. Thanks, Carl. And uh, then uh, 10 Soros, did you pronounce? Yeah, you know what, Freddie? I just thought of something. You know what we should do? What? When we, when we get a few more of these, let's just, if, if, it, if it's somebody wishing me and my heart well, let's just uh, acknowledge their name. Let's leave all the uh, anti-Semitism stuff uh, uh, aside today because we're going to run into Dan's news and then Boone's okay. going to be here. Um, well, that, this is a nice one from Tan Soros. On, yes, um, so do that other, one. Yeah, let me start off by saying I was an avid listener back in the Mojo days. I've recently come back after your coverage of the dumpster. Oh, we, we read this the other day. You read this the other day, the dumpster fire that happened on my favorite morning show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you okay. read that the other day because it had come in fresh. But right, again. right, right. Okay, well, again, thanks, Tan. And once again, here's a uh, another sweet note from our favorite sisters, Darlene and Julia. Uh, they say, hi, guys, Freddie. Hi, guys. Uh, kudos to Kelsey's. Our family was planning a birthday celebration and contacted a restaurant that we frequent. We will remain nameless uh, to make our reservations. There was no response to our email and the follow up call with them uh, to check on this left us very frustrated. Apparently, they do not take reservations for Sunday and subsequent calls to various restaurants elicited the same response. Uh, we had managed to coordinate a party of 15, which is like uh, herding cats, and no place to celebrate. What to do? Well, a call to Kelsey's, of course, and the Burlington Kelsey's was very helpful and accommodated our party in one quick phone call. Dilemma solved. Fantastic. We'll pass that along to our friends at Kelsey's. Already have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's another thing, too, uh, getting back to the idea that our podcast is heard literally all over the world. But it's also, and we made this point, uh, I don't know. We were we were being interviewed a, a couple months ago about the 11th anniversary from somebody, and I said, you know, the listeners that we have in this format, for some reason, it just seems like there's more of an intimate relationship. Like those, I don't know how to. I mean, we always had great followers. The edge the edge years were great. Our listeners were very very funny and smart and unique. But man, this kind of um, I don't know. It's just different. It feels different to me. I don't know how it feels to you. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like the whole concept of podcasting. They say, you know, um, your message is like 13 times greater or something to be heard by a podcast listener because they go to get your podcast specifically because they want to hear what you have to say. And obviously, and, and often they have earplugs in. So the message is getting directly <laughs> connected to them because as you just said because they chose it 
It's not they were in they weren't in somebody's car and something happened to be on in the background and who were those? Passive, right. It's not exactly. It's not passive. Yeah. Well, once again, thanks. Uh, I'm I'm going to skip over some of these. Uh, Neil Brown, great uh, points about racism, and we may get to that subject matter next week. Julie Fleming has uh, corresponded a bunch of times. About the uh, Chappelle thing We may touch on that Keith Weiland who has been such a supporter of ours I correspond with Keith on uh, uh, Instagram quite a bit he's, oh, he's funny Keith will either send me a Because Keith and I both you know smoke the marijuana Keith will either send me notes that are funny Or pictures of chicks feet It's a long story Keith uh, oh. oh yeah um, Anyway again we're going to address some of that stuff Because we just have so many people that have Uh have weighed in. So, Freddie. Well, uh, Keith weighed in too on the Mary Jo and. Uh, yes. And episode when Dean left the show. Yes. He made some, and we, we've. It's very long, uh, Keith, but we, we've received it and we understand and we agree. Um, may, yeah, exactly. That's fantastic. Uh, I don't know. This uh, one, uh, Julie Fleming has sent, you know, several. I'm just skipping through this. Uh, several emails about Chappelle and my reaction mm-hmm. and uh, such. Um, why don't you skip back to Carl's bit there? Because I thought it was an interesting point. Do you know where I am now? He's talking about uh, Kimmel and those guys talking about politics. Was this after or before? Uh, it's, it's, oh, Carl down here? Yeah, all the way down there, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. I, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi guys, I was on my way to bed and Kimmel was on and watched for about 10 minutes and realized that if we didn't talk about politics, there would be no monologues, comedy, or much for you guys to talk about for 20 minutes every show. It's just getting tiring listening to U.S. politics every day. And to be honest, I just tune out till Dean McDermott shows up. And then... (laughs) Uh, that that was awesome and he totally uh, bailed no matter what Mike uh, Boone says anyway love you guys but chill a bit and watch uh, Masood Boomgard on Facebook do you know what that means I don't know what it is and I I was doing this last night and I didn't go and check it out sorry (laughs) that's actually funny I just tune out until Dean McDermott shows up and then bails fuck um, yeah, uh, we've talked about this many times. It's, uh, you know, it's huge. It's, what's going on down there is, uh, you know, has, you know, affects the world. So and for you people who are kind of new, if there is anybody still there new, Fred and I had this conversation a couple years ago, a couple years into Trump. And we basically made the point that it's of interest to us, both of us. And I had said there's been rare, there rarely has been a subject in our careers together that you and I both felt very strongly about. Because sometimes you'll feel, you know, more like you were sort of into politics before I was because you were a little bit older. And I might have been into stand up in a different way, whatever it was. But I made the point a couple of years ago that this one thing, this Trump phenomenon, was of equal interest to both of us. And we sort of made the decision like, you know what? Yes, we may have lost some listeners. I acknowledge that. There are people that got sick of it and they bailed. But you just made a a good point about this is what's happening in the world. And for us not to talk about it would be weird to me now. Well, I said it a couple of weeks ago. We were discussing it. 
an autocracy in the United States would have horrible effects on Canada. So wake up, man, because it's on its way down there. The way things, well, we got a bit of a reprieve there on the in the midterms. But, you know, this is another note that um, Julie Fleming sent. She says, this would have been unimaginable before Trump's time as president. He gave permission for all these fascist, anti-Semitic, white nationalists to crawl out from under their rocks and start terrorizing people who assume nothing like this, uh, you know, could stalk the streets of today's America. And then she puts a link there, but it's true. All this stuff has become much more widespread, confident, and bold through Trump. Absolutely. and and that's why we talk about it. And and it, it's it's again it's endlessly fascinating to me. There's a clip online. I was going to play it today, but I knew we were going to get bogged down with this other stuff. The guy who went into that nightclub recently, the gay nightclub, and shot and killed five people until he was beaten to a pulp into submission. There's a clip of this kid's father. Now his father apparently has got a meth problem, but the father's point is that he's just glad his son wasn't gay and then he's a Republican and there's no room for gay and Republican. I mean, it's repulsive. And I, and I don't know, like sometimes I, I don't present it because I'm, I'm like, I don't want to give it any air, but I watched it. It was on the CBS uh, website if you want to see it. But mm-hmm. anyway. And, and the damage being done and somebody else earlier in one of the emails was talking about, you know, hate is just sexier than love online for yeah. whatever reason. And what a sad statement on our world. And, you know, that's why right wing media like Fox News and Newsmax, that's why they are so damaging because they they peddle hate. That's how they get listeners. They want you to get upset and they want you to hate and tune in tomorrow to see who else you can hate and blame. Mm-hmm. And it's too bad. And again, people might say, you know, CNN, MSNBC, they don't peddle in hate. No. Sometimes they peddle in fantasy. But well, not. yeah. But but I mean, it's, it's not just Trump anymore. I mean, now there's another clip of Carrie Lake. Of course, he's always in soft focus. But there's another clip this morning I could have played where she's now denying the election of 2020. Like, it, it's unbelievable now because it all comes down to grifting for money. She doesn't right. really believe the election was stolen. In fact, it's funny, this guy that I follow on Twitter named Ron Flipikowski, he retweeted a tweet he put out August 2nd. On August 2nd, he said, there is zero chance that if Carrie Lake loses, she won't say the election was stolen. Mm-hmm. So, all by way of saying, as you can tell, we, we can get excited about it because it's, you know, it's like being, it's like doing a podcast in 1930s Germany where people are like seeing this rise of all these tropes and anti-Semitic uh, behavior and not talking about it. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not talk about it. No, I, 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 and I agree because, you know, I mean, there's issues here in Canada, but you know, and of course they're important issues, but be it the environment, inflation, all the things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. But what this Trump pig has done, he's just opened up this door of hate and um, it's just worrisome. It, yeah, is. it is. And, and it, 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 by the way, last night, another um, Sarah Palin. Oh, yeah, I saw lost, that clip. Lost in Alaska, which is, is another one that he had endorsed to try and get her to have some kind of a comeback. But she was squashed in Alaska. And it gets back to that. You know what? 
just when you think all is lost, you know, you know. Hey, by the way, did you see what she said, though? That they need to look into elections and they need to. But, you know, how come in all the years the fucking Democrats were losing, they weren't whining about, well, we need to look into elections. Again, let's get back to the nice people that are emailing us. Again, just when you think all is lost, you know, compassion. and Yeah, I agree. You know, the good in people uh, comes out. Uh, Why don't you read this one from Martin Lye? Okay, Howard, I was scrolling back. Oh, I got it right here. I am Howard's age, but had my career on the water. What's that mean? I don't know. I listened and was not impressed to the show on 97. <laughs> you, you and me what both. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> you and me both are coming up four ways to tell if your penis. Anyway. I, I think he meant 999. Uh, I, 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 well, maybe, but. Uh, 97.7 is where I did a show without you. No, no, you're right. It wasn't, it was 97.3. Maybe he's talking about 99.9. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I've lost track. Sorry. Uh, During the start of COVID, I listened to Funny 820 and was uh, captivated by your chats and guests. This hit home and I am now a patron and listened to the show twice as I enjoy it so much. Keep being real. That's Martin Lai. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Martin. Appreciate it. Uh, I am going to read this one because it's from a friend of mine, a friend of yours. Uh, This next gentleman, he built our bathroom uh, at the studio. He built the shitter. Oh, he builds a good shitter. Oh, man. His name is Chris Emanuel. And I was uh, corresponding with him privately because uh, he and I are buds. He says, hi, guys, still listening every day. The production quality of your show is the standard against which I measure the other podcasts I listen to. And we appreciate that because and we've made that point, too, that our, our initial mandate to one another was to do the show with discipline, meaning do it every day, uh, take it seriously. And we also wanted to have it have some broadcast quality. In that Tesla yesterday, like it sounded just amazing. The show, like it's so many podcasts. Even, even this microphone in a dining room in Mexico. Yes, it sounded amazing, and I thought of that because so many podcasts. You know, people we know that do podcasts. Two people will do it, and there's inconsistency between the two, and how ag- how aggravating that is. It, it 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 affects your concentration on what they're saying and everything. It's just so important to have a consistency of sound, and so many podcasts don't have that. And it's not that, you know, it's pretty easily attainable. Well, you and I were talking about that recently, about how even on Smartless, most popular podcast on the earth, it's got to be worth millions of dollars, how they don't all have universal audio levels is so weird. Anyway, Chris goes on to say, Doc Edgy G, because, you know, I used to call myself Doc Easy G, you know, during that period. He said, two thoughts. First, I have too much to say to you in particular about the subject of racism in general and anti-Semitism in particular to do it over text or via an email. Sorry enough for you to bother reading. Okay. Uh, and, And he and I have had conversations when he was doing work in the house we would discuss, you know, these issues at length. He says, secondly, though, I think your remembrance of saying in quotations, the N word out loud, because in my rant, I sort of danced around it. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I didn't actually say it in full, but I, I sort of said it in pieces. And he says, I think your remembrance may be a little inaccurate. I thought at the time, well played, sir. Anyway, let's have soup sometime. Uh, see ya, Chris. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <sighs> okay, the next one uh, is too much. Skip it. Uh, just acknowledge the nice uh, note there from Brad. Yeah, still loving the show, 100%er. Um, he was wondering about your heart issues in Mexico, wondering, um, you know, what could trigger it. Was it COVID? We had, and, you know, touched on that earlier in the show, something you're going to look into. Thank thank you, Brad. Um, keep, more, another pit. Yeah, I'm sorry? Yeah, keep going. This is yeah, Actually, this is our last one, and then I've got some uh, audio to play for you and a couple of notes from our friends. From Jeffrey P. Horn, thank you. Uh, guys, here's a pic from my visit at Kelsey's in Oshawa last night. My wife and I went there for my birthday dinner, had the barbecue bourbon burger. That's the one I had. It did not disappoint. <laughs> they even gave me a free dessert funnel cake uh, fries with uh, caramel sauce. Oh, I've had those funnel cake fries. You know, it's not the big. It's just they cut them in strips. Oh, better for an old guy. You don't feel as bloated when you're done. Yeah. Uh, hope this helps you out. Love the show, and thanks for being a regular part of my day. Cheers. Well, thank you, Jeffrey P. Horn. And uh, thanks to everyone. We, we, uh, I'll, I'll compile some of those. It'll be old news by next week. We'll we'll touch on a couple of them because some people got very detailed and Mm -hmm. gave some great examples in the the fight against anti-Semitism and racism around the world. Here is uh, our old friend, Sal Nasitra. Hi, guys. Hey there. Long time listener. Oh, sorry about that. Let me start it again. Hi, guys. Hey there. Long time listener. First time caller, Sal here. And this one's for Doc. Glad you're doing well, buddy. And I'm very proud to be part of the Chamber's plan because we got your back and your heart covered when you travel. But please, please, dude, take it easy, man. You're going to drive up our rates. Okay, have safe travels home and take care. Kicha. Uh, that's Sal. Thank you very much. I uh, also want to thank uh, Fred Ball. Uh, Nancy Ball, Lori Love, uh, uh, Taryn. Taryn said, you sound great the last couple of days. Glad to hear you're feeling better, getting such great care, and are pretty settled about it. Good luck with the tests and such. Licking you. Mmm. Beauties. Mmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Oh, yeah, Lori's was funny. She said, hi, Howard. I I just want to know your heart story was incredible. I'm glad your beta blockers are working. Also, if you need, this is Lori, who's Darren's wife, says, if you need a travel buddy, I'm offering my husband who's retired and has an open itinerary. Let me know where to ship him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I think lastly, this came in. Okay. Well, you got the Jeffrey P. Horn. Uh, you read that one just now, right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sent that along, and he sent a nice picture of him and his gal. And I think this one just came in from Dwayne Hickey's. It says, hi, guys. Hope you're feeling better. Howard, uh, he, this is basically a question for you as well. I don't know if you've seen this. He said, just curious about where you're staying in San Miguel, hotel, Airbnb, or friend. If it's a friend's place, no need to divulge. A- actually, it's a friend 
of our friends, uh, Bill and Ronnie, and, and they just happened to talk one day and the friends offered to let me rent their place, which is where I'm staying. He says, our daughter's in college. My wife and I both work remotely. We're looking for uh, a place to stay. He says, Fred mentioned that he'll be in San Miguel for the month of March. So I must be thinking that it would be interesting enough for an extended stay. So why don't you talk about how uh, you've searched and found some uh, uh, yeah, places Yeah, I, I just booked through Airbnb. Um, you know, and it's a popular place. There's lots of uh, places available. I mean, if it's just you and your wife and you want a one-bedroom um, available, all, and you'll be pleasantly surprised by the price uh, comp- uh, as compared to other places, like, you know, beach destination. Okay? Um, yeah, so just Airbnb. Just search a place out, and uh, we highly recommend it. And again, there's no sand. There's no beach. There's just a lot of culture, and it's like being in uh, Europe. So... Again, with you go, if you go there for an extended stay, like I will and Howard had planned, you go there with the attitude that I'm just going to hang out in this cool place for a month and, you know, do a lot of walking and eat some good meals and hang out by the pool and, you know, all those things. It's uh, pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, you'd been here a couple times and, of course, Bill, our, you know, our former uh, sales manager and our friend for years. Somebody asked me, I, I can't remember recently, they said, how long do you know Bill? I said, 31 years. I started working, but the first time I worked with Bill was 1991. Anyway, he, uh, you know, retired from our show not that long ago. Like sometime in the last three or four years, he stopped doing stuff full time. He still consults me, but, you know, a lot of expats, Americans and Canadians chose this place versus Phoenix or Florida or Palm Springs. Because of what you just said, because it has a, a different vibe to it, it's not like being, you know, in Palm Springs where there's, you know, steakhouses and McDonald's. It, you're, 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 if you come here, you're going to be, it's like moving to Mexico for a month. Well, you compare it, say, to, there's people I know in Western Canada, even people in Ontario, that they like to winter in Arizona for the climate. And, you know, there's no beach there. There's no ocean. Um, to me, uh, San Miguel checks all those boxes, but it's a lot cheaper. hundred percent. It's a lot cheaper. Because I've done that. I've looked at Arizona like for a month and what it would cost you in Arizona to run a place and what it costs you in San Miguel. It's less than half. And, and, and I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, everything I, is less than half. And I'm thinking, of, I'm, I'm thinking now about Darren, that note he sent saying we should stop talking about it. <laughs> oh, stop talking about how great it is here. So I'm talking about San Miguel because all of a sudden we're going to go to rent something and they'll all be gone. Nah, okay, well, listen, and I don't know where Dan and Boone... Like a hang steak. Mm. I get it. I don't know where Dan and Boone are. So uh, while we're waiting for them to sign on, let's uh, talk about this uh, man who has uh, had his heart issues as well. He's the retirement Sherpa, Tim, uh, portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian uh, Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim was on yesterday, if you missed it, talking about insurance and how it, play, it plays a part, you know, in your um, estate planning. Uh, depending on your age, your situation, it can be a very, very valuable tool. 
So again, you may want to get up to speed on that. In, you know, it's not just about stocks and bonds and DICs and you know all that stuff. It's also about insurance. That can be a very important component. Uh, that's what we got uh, from the retirement Sherpa yesterday. If you're interested in uh, dealing uh, with Tim, uh, retirementsherpa.ca is the contact. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, oh yeah, and uh, his email, by the way, if you want to contact him directly, is Tim dot niblet at RaymondJames.ca. There's Boom, but I don't see. Uh, I just sent Dan a note. Is, was he not going to join us again today? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, uh, there is he, he is. Not thinking. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's his news. Uh, maybe he's compiling his news. I just got a very disturbing uh, email from somebody in my building. I'll wait till Dan gets there. Hi, Dan. Hey. Where you been, man? I've been right here. Well, no, but usually you would have checked in like 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, I know, but you guys were doing all your emails, so I was just waiting for you to get Oh, God. It yeah. seemed like you wouldn't stop, so it's, it just kept Those are emails from listeners, Dan. Well, no, I know that, but that's why I was, it was going on and I was waiting for you to be done. And then, you know, you go to, you, you know, you, you go to some of your sponsors and then, you know, kind of during that time, I'm, uh, I'm uh, hopping in. Dan, Dan, if you were a listener, you'd understand. <laughs> hey, Dan, I just got an email from, uh, I won't say who in the complex, but you can guess. And the uh, part of the subject line is parking and poop. So uh, apparently she's upset that there's too much poop being left in the back there. Not that, you know, oh. I know you got two dogs now. You're part of a pack, and uh, I'm sure you're picking up the poop. Right. But right. I didn't do it yesterday. Well, she's so going to say Why don't you just do it, when it, do it when it happens? Because it's nighttime, and I told him he didn't. Because what I usually do is Stan goes out. You know, it's 9 o'clock at night. He, I stay there on the door. He goes and does his business. And then you, what I do is every day after the show, I go out in the daytime, and I pick up his poop and other dogs' poop, too. Yeah, and that's what I would do, too, is I've been picking up all the poop that I see there, because who knows? I don't think it's just, I don't think it's you, Dan. I was mostly kidding, because... Well, it's never you. It's always the other person when it comes to dog poop. I've noticed that. (laughs) It's always the other person. My dog doesn't shit. No! It's the other person. Well, there's a... Hey, your dog pooped on my lawn. How do you know it's my dog? Okay, but in, in that complex, there are a couple of owners that are notorious, and they've got big dogs the size of... Clifford, and they're notorious for not picking it up. Like, listen, there's a big difference between what a dog Clifford size does and Stan size. You can see it. (laughs) Stan Stan comes out with some pretty substantial. He's a a good boy. Masses, masses of. Did did you tell him that Daddy's coming home Sunday? I did no. I didn't get the chance. All right, I'll spend some time with him and yeah, just talk him. Yeah, say no, listen. It's cool. Hey, this isn't going to last. Yeah, Daddy's coming home on Sunday. Stan, watch his ears perk up. He'll know. He'll That's know. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's so funny what dogs do to you. But you know, one of the things I did think when I was going to bed last night is, oh well, at least I'll see my boy Stan, and you know, have a, a little cuddle with my boy, even though he, you know. Yeah. That's not his thing. <laughs> <laughs> we have well, this. he does miss you because uh, that's where he goes. He goes up to your bed uh, when when I go to bed, and Clifford and I are in the same room. He goes upstairs for the first uh, you know half the night, the first sleep. He goes up there and hangs out on your bed. Oh. 
wondering yeah. where's my papa where's my exactly. papa Freddie, you know how they they become part of the family we've got one of these google home things that shows pictures and my danny programs it from his place so he's updating them all the time and you know those things yeah sure uh, it's amazing a year ago neither one of my kids had a dog and now every so often i look at these pictures and there's pictures of dougie and winnie and it's like your heart just melts and it's like all of a sudden these dogs have become part of the family like you just you can't express how much you love them you know of course dan all dan heard heard was why would you have google home at your house so they're listening to everything you're doing and uh, the next thing you they're know following dougie they're following dougie's right. every move that's right and uh, next thing you know the dogs will be delivered to your house and you'll be like i didn't order a dog <laughs> <laughs> a dog in a box. That's right. I uh, I was at uh, uh, the home of uh, someone the other night that has two Great Danes, three Chihuahuas, and a mutt. And at one point, I'm sitting on the couch. The three Chihuahuas are all curled up in like together, like they're sleeping. And the Great Dane who has to weigh. What's a great day weigh? 130 pounds. He's sitting on me. His head's the size of a smart car. And I was, and he was like on his side, like I was scratching his ears, you know, that little spot that dogs love. And he was, I can only describe it as a very loud purr. It was kind of like, and every time I would stop, he'd take one of his giant fucking mittens and bang me with it to keep me like he wanted me to keep going. I'm telling you, they're, they're just, they, they are the sweetest. Mm-hmm. dogs I've almost ever been around these Great Danes because they're just like puppies they just don't know it you know at one point the other Great Dane was leaning up against me I thought I was going to fall over <laughs> man they're great dogs uh, you know I, I don't know I, my buddy Dave's uh, sister for a while uh, bred them not not to her obviously but uh, and I'd been around them a little bit they're just fucking great dogs man Anyway, it's a lot of a lot of poop involved there. Right? Yeah, that's a poop. That that, that that's poops a, like a. You just gotta watch. That's it. like a horse. You bump into it. <laughs> Howard, I saw uh, Mike Forrest Boone. Everybody, name. what's Toronto that? Toronto Mike here. Forrest was the name of the dog. That's I right. I was at your house for a New Year's Eve party, and I went upstairs. And the pile of shit in your living room from Forrest, it was like a mountain. It was unbelievable. That's the funny you re- remember that because we had all come upstairs at New Year's and Forrest had taken a dump on the hardwood floor by the front. He was just a puppy at the time. And the, and the shit was the size of Stan. Because <laughs> Stan was a puppy. This big Forrest was a puppy. Yeah, I remember that. jealous, eh? Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, Booner, hang on a second, because Dan Duran's news. I know we're running long and late, but hey. You yeah, never, who cares? Eh, you never know. This could be my last show. No, well, this is it. Savor every moment. No, that's right. Gratitude, schmatitude. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man comes, has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from the Humble and Fred Studios on the Queensway, with news and views... And a doggy bag at his side. Here's Dan Duran. As we all know, there is no news because it's American Thanksgiving. 
Uh, so besides the standard mass shootings, there's uh, Valerie Bertinelli celebrating her divorce. A fisherman caught a 67-pound goldfish. But here in Canada, there is stuff going on. No to a conspiracy theater theory at the uh, Freedom Convoy Inquiry. The commission presiding over the public inquiry will not allow the uh, lawyer for the Freedom Convoy organizers to explore an unsubstantiated claim that hateful imagery, you know, flags like the uh, uh, con- Confederate flag and the uh, Nazi flag uh, was uh, due to a a guy who is not part of the convoy putting it up. So the, the justice said to the lawyer, Brendan Miller, who wanted to call new witnesses, uh, these claims are troubling and have little foundation and evidence. By the way, this is a lawyer that was removed from the hearing room a, a couple of days ago for speaking over him. So uh, anyway, he was arguing about these last minute witnesses that he wanted to bring in anyway. Miller accused lobbying firm Enterprise Canada, whose principles are mainly conservatives as opposed to liberals, of planting Nazi and Confederate flags at the protest. Now, that's an accusation the company called absurd and despicable. And the one guy that they're talking about, his name is Brian Fox, hasn't been in Ottawa since 2019 and also is receiving death threats now because of Miller bringing this all to light or, you know, this theory to light that, that they were doing this. So it's kind of a, a false flag uh, operation. Yeah, false, but flag anyway, flag operation. <laughs> false flag flag operation. False flag flag operation. Anyway, so the uh, the uh, inquiry commissioner said no to, to all that. Uh, there's no uh, foundation in evidence, and this is just making it a, a, a you know a, a, into a, a circus environment. And he doesn't want to allow that to happen, which is good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know we talk, you know that term sexy news. It's like I, I don't know about you guys, but I like I'm really not following that story. Do I not find it sexy, or is my problem? I don't care about the emergency act because it worked. It got those assholes out of Ottawa. So that's the end of the story for me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should care more. Maybe I should care about my rights and freedoms. But to me, it worked. Move on. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I mean, Dan's story, not that it was tough to follow, but there's a lot going Mm. on there. And and maybe I can, can. Can I help the audience? So what you're saying is, the lawyer for the Freedom Convoy people are saying that somebody planted those flags, that it wasn't the sweet Freedom Convoy people that were honking their horns and, you know, staying up in their bouncy castles all night? Uh, yeah. Okay. It was, uh, it was somebody that was else. the false flag. False flag flag. So somebody else uh, that came in to, uh, to make him look bad, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's funny. Antifa. It was Antifa. Yeah. And every time that comes up, every time people yell Antifa or, you know, Trump had to release his, see how we bring it back to Trump. Trump had to release, finally, Congress is going to get a look at his tax uh, things, tax returns. The first president in four decades not to actually reveal his tax returns. But of course, you know, that one of the phrases in the story is always like, uh, we're being witch hunt, persecuted. Like, fuck me. You know, and, and, you know, there's Trump going, you know, no other president. Every other president has done it. What I don't, you know what? Uh, yeah, not Again. to derail this and get off on this tangent. <laughs> but I just have to say, all this argument now that it's just, it's persecution, it's political. Um, you know, it's a guy running for office. They have to be careful. But 
So at what point do you actually have to punish this guy or treat him like any other citizen? I think so when is the right now. time? Right, it's now just is the right time. Exactly. But their argument is, well, no, he's announced his candidacy. This, yeah. you know, this is weird territory where you're going to go after a guy who's going to be running against the sitting president. When? So when? Tell me when. Dude, may I call you dude? They, he, the reason he's running is because in his ridiculous orange addled fucking cheese head, he thinks this is going to be exactly what you said. It's going to yeah. give him some coverage, you know, mm-hmm. and I, it's, I was going to say, I'm laughing at Dan because we took a story about Canada and some fucking flag <laughs> and and I made it about Trump, but it's it's that whole idea of some boogeyman and everyone's out to get him and everyone's out to false flag this and Carrie Lake denying that and it's just you know the I, I know there's gotta be a word for the the sheer tonnage of it is now becoming so much that it, it doesn't get any coverage anymore. Uh, Dan, do you have a second story or is it time? No, to- I don't have a second right. story. There's, uh, there was, I thought there would be a lot of <laughs> a, lot a, in there, a robust buddy. discussion about all that. But, you know, you know, the thing that bothers me about this the most is that that this guy, Brian Fox, is getting death threats here in Canada. He's getting death threats based on a conspiracy theory. So Brian Fox is the guy that was supposedly walking around with Nazi and Confederate flags. Right. OK. From Enterprise Canada. And, and who's he so, getting? Uh, the thing is, he's getting death threat, death threats from fucking Lugans. Yeah, exactly. Fuck and they're uh, basically a Toronto PR firm. So, you know, somehow where did this come from? Who knows? But it's just a way for the convoy people convoy to, you know, people. throw something else out there that's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, I know. I, I just have, I have no time or no patience for people to defend those convoy people. We've said it a million times. The first couple of weeks, yeah, it was, you know, people just protesting. What was left at the end were scumbags. Come on. That's all there was to it. We're, and we're not stupid. We can see it. And, you know, this defense of them and this and that. And it's like, I have no time for that. I know who they were. And I'm not brilliant. <laughs> oh, I disagree. <laughs> you know, some of those greasy shit jokes. I'm sorry. You're like the Brampton. <laughs> when you do when you do that, you, you remind you're like Brampton Carlin, uh, who also had long hair. Uh, Mike Boone is with us, the producer of this program who checks in. I, I guess by now, you know, I'm coming home. I heard that. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man, because you can't golf here right now, right? Oh, I disagree. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. yeah. uh, as long as there's no snow in the ground, I'll go to that field near my house and hit balls with Stan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to golf. So- I mean, I'm part of a, a group chat here that just got started. A bunch of bunch of guys I know are, have an indoor league they play every Saturday. I don't know. I'm not really a big wow. fan of that. What, with simulators, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not Alfonso, uh, you talked earlier, like, did COVID bring this on? But so Alfonso Davies, who missed the penalty kick yesterday, uh, but is our best player. He got myocarditis from COVID and he was out six months recovering from that. But that seems to be the heart condition linked to COVID myocarditis. So what you have, Howard, is it at all anything like myocarditis? <laughs> You know, Mike, uh, as you know, I'm a general physician. I never specialize, but I mean, I, I don't know, but I could look it up. I did, as I said in the show, I know that there are several studies that were done with people that had COVID that developed some arrhythmia and or exacerbated existing tachycardia issues. Uh, I'm going to go home and try and get it done. But as I said earlier in the show, I, I, uh, I've reached kind of the, the limit of my ability to deal with this in a different country. 
And and then you know I you guys can see I feel pretty good. I feel good today and You I've, sound good. Thanks. And you I You sound strong. And I have felt good literally since they since Saturday when they started giving these beta blockers. I, I all the symptoms that I was feeling are gone, but as the doctor said yesterday, it doesn't matter that you don't feel it anymore. So Anyway, one of my friends I saw on Facebook, he said, he's a buddy of mine, Steve Lavery, says, amazing the lengths Howard will go to show the benefits of one of your sponsors. <laughs> Lavery, you funny boy. This is a false flag, I think. This is all uh, a conspiracy. <laughs> That's Chambers right. Plan. Oh, and Darren just weighed in. He said, Carlisle, just outside of Burlington. I, remember, I forgot that, Darren. It's a little golf course. He says, it's open 364 days per year, so you can golf there, just not on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Come on, Darren. You know what Jews do on Christmas Day. We eat Chinese food. Mm. That just stunned the group. That is true, by the way. No, that's a, a Christmas story. That's where yeah, and it's, Gentiles learned about that. There's actually a documentary about it out. I started watching it. They're about how the tradition of Jewish people in New York and Chicago, Montreal, and Toronto would go to Chinese food restaurants because it was one of the few places that were open. Oh, is that where it came from? Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, uh, you know, uh, the pizzeria will close down on Christmas, but if the Chinese food store at the chi- uh, Chinese food place is open then that's where you're going Mike do you have I understand you have some audio what, what's the oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, you referenced it because of uh, some side effects you're having from your medication but let's listen to this it came out a little bit warbled can you just give it to us one more time yeah of course here we go That's uh, the great Jamie Watson, everybody. So greasy, humble. How are you feeling today? Any of those side effects wearing off? You know, that's uh, really not for adult conversation, Michael. I mean, you know, yeah, there's still some side effects uh, for sure. There's side effects. uh, But as uh, you've said, Freddie, and a couple other people have told me, it's like, you know, uh, you just get used to it and, and they're not that severe so far. So I'll be fine. By the way, if I may interject here, um, have you gone to your terrace yet before you leave there on Sunday? You got to get on on the terrace. I and did. see what it's like. I went up oh, there. He, did. he sent me some pictures. I sent yes. Freddie some pictures. Oh, all over it, Danny. He's all over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, I haven't called Auntie Ruby, Dan, with some more of your fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was for Monday. <laughs> oh, now, yeah. Now that just Auntie Ruby know you're not well. Yeah. Uh, next week on the Humble and Fred show, we'll be back to our normal broadcast uh, facilities. Mike, who's on uh, the program? So originally scheduled for this Tuesday, but bumped for Lumby when we heard about the heart condition. But Lisa Baker, who, who Dan knows Lisa Baker, the, the comic from the Maritimes, she's our Hilarious. guest on Tuesday. Uh, and what about Wednesday, Michael? The return of Tony Clement. Maybe oh, he can yes. shed some light on this uh, public inquiry in Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Tony sent us a nice note, and uh, always good to catch up with him. Um, well, you, are you guys doing anything for American Thanksgiving? Do you, I mean, I don't know. Freddie will be watching some football. Mike, what are you doing? Uh, no plans. I've been, you know, peeking at these World Cup matches and, uh, you know, plugging away. I've got a couple of Toronto Mike things i got to record today, but uh, I'm going to Montreal tomorrow, so I'm jumping on a train after Hebsey on Sports tomorrow. To see your son, Dan. How's your son doing in Montreal? I'm oh, sorry, daughter. Yours daughter is in Montreal. Dan's son is in Montreal. 
Yeah, there's a, he's doing very well. I talked to him yesterday. Nice. He's uh, he's got himself a uh, a contract job already, so he's uh, he's busy, which is great. He, I don't have to worry about him uh, not providing for himself for the thing for a while. Anyway, <laughs> he'll be providing for you. <laughs> that's, a long that's, what Dan, that's what Dan meant to say. I don't have to worry about him providing for me. That's right. <laughs> Dan's retired. Dan doesn't need the retirement shirt, but he's got Colton. <laughs> Everything's wrapped up in my son. That's right. Well, you invested well. He's a great kid. Uh, all right. Well, again, Dan I just take on the Elon Musk uh, work philosophy, you know, like long hours and but for other people. Mm. <laughs> well, listen, enjoy your football there, Freddie. Thanks for everyone who, uh, who emailed. And uh, unless uh, I get a call or I get a note from one of my cardiologists and they say, no, 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 you're fine. Just keep on going. I'm uh, I'm booked to come home Sunday, Dan. So. I should see you somewhere around 8 p.m. Uh, at the uh, sketchway. I'm looking forward to it. and uh, Getting back together with your dog. and Yeah. Ha- have, a, have a look at the poop. Just make sure it's not ours. Yeah, let me get out there right now. <laughs> oh, I guarantee it's not. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, Howard, so you were due. Oh, you had a complicated flight schedule. So what about the flight? Like you had that flight to Cancun and then Cancun to Toronto. What about those flights? Can you get? I'm going to. Well, I took the, I took the Cancun to Toronto flight. It's interesting you asked that because yesterday I flipped it to the, the, and I was able to do that. They let you do that. Nice. Air Canada has, you know, you, if you're in Canada, you can call Air Canada in the U S and Canada on one number internationally. You can go and look up the country you're in. And, uh, I got on the phone yesterday with somebody in Mexico Mm -hmm. at Air Canada and having just come from the hospital and, you know, feeling a little bit like, combination of stressed out and make i'd made the decision to come home and i'm a bit bummed by it um i got on with somebody from air canada and i gotta say this because everyone shits on them mm-hmm. it's such a canadian thing but this kid couldn't have been better with me there were a few moments where i was getting a little frustrated because his english wasn't hundred percent but it was pretty good you know obviously enough to be on the phone with me but man they they were very accommodating and it was no problem, and they assured me it would be all right. And I got to say, the Air Canada experience that I had was great. So, And I have a flight to Cancun on a, a Mexican airline that I will, uh, I guess I ha- I'm either going to cancel or get a credit for, but it was only $145 uh, uh, the flight. So if I, you know, if I get a credit, maybe someday I'll be back here and I'll use it. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, man. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks. And uh, if you ever need to get a hold of us, it's Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. You can email us, of course. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Hearts and stars, liking and subscribing, help us out. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, always have a cardiac team on standby and book a changeable ticket. Enjoy every goddamn day. There's a destination.
destination A little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that? I got two turntables and a microphone 